This episode of the A Real Change podcast is sponsored by Dry Farm Wines. Now, you've got to hear this. I, because of gut health and other things and trying to keep my 56-year-old body lean and strong, stopped drinking wine a couple years ago because the sugar just kept messing me up and all of my efforts. And then I found Dry Farm Wines. Okay, these are lower sulfites, lower alcohol, sugar-free grown organically and biodynamically and to be honest with you what does all that mean it means it's paleo and keto friendly it means it's low carb friendly it means i can now drink wine and not have my gut get upset i can now drink wine and not have all my diet efforts be ruined you guys have to try dry farm wines and i've got a great offer for you where you actually can get a bottle when you order a bottle for just a penny my personal favorite happens to be the rosé and the red but they have so many different selections including sparkling you've got to check it out so go to dryfarmwines.com forward slash a real change for your penny bottle offer and remember dry farm wines makes it funner to not only drink wine but you actually can do it without the guilt dryfarmwines.com forward slash a real change for your penny bottle offer Well, I am so excited to have you, Sean, on my podcast. Like, Thank not you. only an honor, but I legit get to pick your brain. <laughs> 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 I get to literally pick your brain and ask you all the questions I've wanted to ask for the last 10 years. So we'll just pretend like I'm not even doing a <laughs> podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I just want people to know that. You know, I've lived around the prophetic for a very long time. And when I first was introduced to you, the biggest thing that I absolutely love, respect, and honor about you is that you are not churchy. Uh, <laughs> and yes. you actually didn't even realize you gave me permission to be what I am in business and to normalize the signs and wonders and the fivefold ministry in business without necessarily calling it that. Because I saw you were walking the prophetic out in such a way that was so different than what people have done. It, it gave me permission. So thank you. Well, thank you for saying all that. Like I'm on words of affirmation overload right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want everybody to know, though, that I truly do not know how to write copy if it wasn't for the prophetic. Wow. That's I've a never, huge statement. Yeah. Because... I had made millions of dollars writing copy and went to a copywriting school. And then in a couple of months, they had me grading the students' work. They wow. asked me who my mentor was. I do not know how to write pay-per-click ads if it wasn't for the prophetic. That's amazing. And, you know, you operate in a way in the prophetic that is very different because you don't necessarily go in with this is what we want to hear from God and this is what we're hoping to hear from God. And, you know, so you, you basically have gotten even street numbers and like, when did all this <laughs> stuff start? Like, cause you come from a very traditional background and I hop in that and then God puts you into this going into stadiums and Hey son, I'm going to drop a, an address on you. And then I'm going to drop first names on you and let's see if you can follow. <laughs> Isn't it wild? It's just wild. And I think, you know, first of all, I mean, I grew up in a really 
conservative home, but my parents were going after the presence of God and they were really into Jesus being real in our lives. And so every major decision we had to make, they would put God first and they would just say, God, do you have anything to say about this? And they would ask us like when I was eight and nine and 10 years old, what's God showing you? And so like for them to do that as a family, like where my dad had to be transferred to Colonel Air Force, he had to be transferred either to DC or Sacramento. And he asked us, what is God saying? And we had a feeling or a sense of what God was saying. And they always made it so practical because my mom, especially, she just had this, like, she was kind of a practical mystic, meaning she Mm. heard God all the time, but it was all internal. And she had to figure out what was her and her own desires, her own past brokenness, what was God. And she did a lot of inner healing and she did a lot of deliverance for people. And so I just saw her kind of walk through that and my friends would come over and I, I had a lot of friends in school and they would come over in our house. It's kind of the house to hang out at. And my mom would always zero in on one of the football players or one of the, you know, whoever, the choir guys, and she'd have them in the corner doing inner healing. They'd be bawling in her arms, huge teenage boys bawling in her arms, getting like totally rocked who weren't even Christians. And so, you know, my sister, as one of my sisters is 11 years older, and my parents in her generation of our family, uh, they ended up going to the Vineyard Church, which was John Wimber, who it was during mm. the Jesus People Movement. So they got really changed. And for them, it was, this is what God can do in a generation is he can bring his love and light to a whole generation. It was pretty dark at the time. And they had similar dark issues in government and politics and business in these different areas. And God broke in and, and like 18 million plus people were saved. Some people saved 70 million in one generation. And it wasn't church centric. It wasn't like one church or one group. It was actually in the marketplace. That's when Christian music started because all these mm-hmm. people who had bands got saved and all these things. So we were around all that. And so for me, I saw that. And then when I was in my teenage years, I was like, God, what can you do for me? Like, what, what, can, what can I see? And at first it was about the gifts and then it became about very quickly relationship because I would see Mm -hmm. Jesus and someone could give them different options and transfer his nature to us and we become a different version of ourselves. And I started Mm -hmm. becoming a different, because I was, even with great Christian parents, I was super insecure. I was Mm -hmm. super, um, I uh, just didn't know how to like hold my my confidence anywhere in my life, even though I had a great, you wouldn't know that because I have great leadership and I was doing all this stuff. I yeah. didn't know what I was called to. I was trying out everything. It was just like, but not in the sense of immorality, but in the sense of like, I was a workaholic as a teenager. I was working 50 mm. hours a week for journalism class and for planning all the dances and do, you know, I was in sports and I was in drama and I was in, I was always in a role in musical theater. I was doing all of that. And my parents were getting worried about me. And then God showed up in my life in a real way and started to really guide me and start to show mm. me who I am. Gosh, that is just like so much wisdom that you just spoke. Because first of all, asking your eight-year-old, what are you hearing from God? Totally. I mean, I remember when Bobby was like six and he came over to pray for me. The first time I realized he had a gift of healing because he would put his hands on, on me to pray for me. And like his hands would go on fire. And he'd go, mom, my hands are so sweaty, you know? Wow. <laughs> and asking children in their such incredible state to pray or what do you hear from God gives us a new perspective on childlike faith, you know, that we're supposed to have as adults, you know, Ah. and one of the things you talked about was like identity. Do you have a puppy by you? My my dog. Let me see puppy. Puppy came to the podcast. He, I had to have my dogs in my room because (laughs) uh, my wife left with the girls. And so, you know, like with this lockdown that we're in LA, I'll go get them. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> so fun. Only on Sandy's podcast do puppies come on. And if you are listening to this on Apple or Spotify, you need to run to YouTube. 
<laughs> There's baby. He only wants hey. his ball. Hey, he baby. Ball. He can't hear so, you because he's so focused. We now have the prophet and the prophet's dog. <laughs> <laughs> There's two of them. There's another one, the big guy. That's right. Laying down. So but this guy, sweet. his ball went under a dresser and he got very upset. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. Like life is so difficult as a it's puppy. Over. <laughs> well, uh, no, you're good. This is the kind of stuff that I love. We were talking before we started that what everybody's in right now, and I refuse to call it the new normal because there's yeah. nothing normal about it, is basically what I had done. And, you know, I'm used to running business and, you know, nursing a baby on one arm and answering a client on live chat <laughs> on the other. You know what I mean? And totally. then <laughs> cleaning up dog vomit while I'm closing a mixer with a headphone <laughs> as I'm walking around the house. That's amazing. You know? <laughs> Like, let uh, me train you in this. Yeah, that's <laughs> it is it. possible. Yeah, well, it's my goal for normal was we have a family. This is real life. We're working yeah. from home and all these dynamics, I'm not going to shield you kids from because you're going to get married one day and you're going to enter the chaos yourself. So <laughs> <laughs> let me show you how yeah. to navigate this it. This is real family, yeah. So when you started walking in the prophetic and realized, you know, God had anointed you to be a prophet, which I'm so grateful that you said yes to God in that, because you're one of the voices that I listened to. And we actually were talking about you in Inner Circle yesterday and, mm. and your desire to normalize the prophetic, like even in business, like why do we have to call a shaman or why are we calling a druid and why are we calling a psychic when people yeah. are actually hearing from heaven? Yeah. But when you first learned that that's what you're, you're doing in that, when did you start thinking like how, what does this look like outside of the church walls? What does this look like with a bunch of unbelievers? What does this look like with a bunch of pagans? What, you know? Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> it was because my parents, they had got saved out of so much and they had had some abuse and things in their lives. And so they loved the church so much. When they got saved, they were mm. like, this is it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go to conferences and meetings. And so we were dragged around <laughs> everything growing up and we didn't resent yeah. that. We, it was fine. But yeah. at some point I was like, I think I was around 16. I was like, does this work for the most poor and marginalized people group? Does this work for people who are coming out of communism? Because that was during the day. I'm, I'm aging myself, but that's what you know was happening. Does this work in the dumps of Mexico when the big floods happened in the 80s? And so I would go to places. I would raise money and go to places, or we'd go to places even in our own city, like red light districts at 16. Like my mom found out mm. I was going to red light districts. I was sneaking out on Friday nights with friends yeah. from youth group to go minister. My mom and dad yeah. found out because a prophetic woman called me out in front of everybody and said, you've been sneaking out to go to red light districts. <laughs> And prophesying and praying and loving on prostitutes and God is saying he loves the way you love. Like that, like my mom and dad found out right then and I got grounded for ministering to, <laughs> you know, in these like dark, dingy places. But I had to see if if everything that's in the Bible works for everybody, not just mm -hmm. not just the wealthy, not just people who like church, but for anybody. Yeah. If we have a word from God, will anyone listen? And yeah. and and if they listen, does it really change their their life, their opportunity? And it was a really hard thing because I mean, I practiced, I wasn't very gifted. I still don't think I'm very gifted. I'm just super obedient. But, uh, but I just, I practiced, I just went after <laughs> it and went after it, went after it. <laughs> totally. And so, so I, I saw like, you know, I remember my first time that I saw prostitutes lives change. I remember the first time I saw a homeless person actually transition out of homelessness because he met Jesus. And because, and it happened through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, so because of that, I was like, okay, I'm in, like I'm in, and then later on, when I was in my, like, around 23, 24, I ended up uh, getting a video game contract, and they asked me to manage this video game for Universal Studios and for this investment company. 
And I was like, I have to see if the prophetic will work here. And every decision <laughs> I didn't make based on hearing from God, and there's some really hard decisions to make because I was yeah. 22, 23 managing people in their 40s and 50s. Wow. And I, I knew nothing about it. I had no business background. I didn't have a BA. I didn't have anything. And so I'm, I'm like managing mostly. I start, started as a creative director and they asked me to manage the whole thing. And every decision I didn't make based on hearing God's voice flopped. And very obviously to the point where the investor was like, we're missing it because we're not listening to you. You know, like we're mm -hmm. not listening to what God's showing you. And so mm -hmm. I, I feel like, you know, it was kind of a setup in some ways for a failure and the sense of the industry at that time and, and Universal was going through a really hard time. So, but I learned so much in my navigating, leading people by hearing God's voice, seeing who they were supposed to be, letting people go, tough love, the tough, hard side of love of God, which yeah. is like, you want to do something you're not even qualified for because you have ambition, not because you have a destiny. So mm, let's talk about so that for good. a minute. And yes. I had to like pastor and nurture people in this environment and like mm. go after it. And, and I learned so much about myself, so much about mm. how God speaks. And it gave me the courage to say, this is what God wants to do. And then, you know, years later, 2017, 18, I started to hear God that in the marketplace, that's going to be the next seedbed of every great transformation that's going to be happening in our generation. Yes. And yes. so I started going full on, like we started a business, we, you know, we, we started rental properties, these kinds of things. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy because I see God as much, especially mm -hmm. when I'm coaching or, or helping to um, just have one-on-ones with people. I see God just as much or more in the marketplace or entertainment industry than I do in my conferences. And so, to the point where I've now canceled speaking yeah. at churches on Sunday other than our own and yeah. conferences and events because of when COVID happened, I was like, you know, I didn't wow. want to travel anymore anyways. No, I had 37 yeah. events scheduled and I, was, I talked mm -hmm. to you about it. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing this anymore. I'm not, no. I'm not doing, this is not my grace zone. It's something yes. that I'm, I'm good at because I've done yes. it for so long, but it's not where I get the most life, where I get the most life is in these places of speaking with politicians or being in the marketplace with the marketplace, people being in the industry. And most people, and I'll, I'm fast forwarding, but most people who no, go into who minister as coaches or as mentors or whatever you want to say, who have master classes, they don't have a business where they have a limited business. They're not super mm -hmm. successful. And mm -hmm. about six or seven years ago, Shree and I were like, we need to, like we're getting like billionaires and we're getting people of influence in, in the entertainment industry who are saying, help us. We mm. need to actually go on our own journey and actually produce some mm. content and do some real things. And so it changed and reshaped our world. Whereas like the prophetic in church context or ministry context mm -hmm. for Christians is only about one fourth of our focus now. And it may wow. look like it's all of our focus, but it's about one fourth of our focus because of what we're working wow. on behind the scenes and in, in different ways. It's so um, remarkable to me because when I started business, I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> I just asked God, like, how do you write copy? And can I have a photographic memory? And like, how do I do this? And I have no wow. idea what this client needs. And so can you show me so I don't look stupid? And, you know, and you know, when you're navigating between messages like chasing your passion and what are you excited about, those have a partial truth. Yeah. But can you unpack for me, you know, in, in the beautiful way that you do, you just make it very relatable. But when God's assigned you, because see, you didn't separate <laughs> the sacred or secular. Yeah. You didn't go into Universal Studios thinking, well, this is secular. So God's probably not interested. Or maybe I should ask about everything, but not money. You know, yeah. what do we do? What's the difference between being assigned to something, you know, in your opinion, or what God's revealed to you or you've seen versus this is my passion. So many people say, chase your passion and you'll find a business. 
Totally. And I'll say this, I'm going to break down one piece of that question a little differently. I'll answer a question directly, Please. which is, I feel like most marketplace people, when they hear about the subject of hearing God's voice, they think of it only in the context of evangelism, which is really hard because it puts you in a real yeah. box because a lot of people, when they're in their industry, they can't like in the entertainment industry. If you start evangelizing on set, you get fired and you never get asked back. You're, you're you'll get terminated from your agency, your management right. company because you can't go in, it's like multi-level marketing on, on another business. You go in with another yeah. agenda, it's very clear you have a different agenda and they just yeah. can't, it, it disturbs the whole force, it disturbs right. everything. But right. if you love well, people ask questions mm -hmm. and it can happen very organically, but if you do it like, I'm gonna get words, three words for people on set today, you're gonna yeah. actually bring disruption in a lot of companies it's yeah. the same way. It's like, if you go up to somebody, a lot of the ways it's taught to hear God is to go do evangelism, and people walk into a mall and they'll start talking to the workers. And they're actually, mm -hmm. if you think about it, you're robbing that owner of that worker, it's you know, so their store time mm -hmm. to be able to sell because you're going mm -hmm. in and trying to do something that you think you have a Christian mm -hmm. agenda that you're getting them saved or whatever. But that right. can be done after they're done. You can say, hey, when you get off work, we will have something for you. We're going to give you a gift or whatever That's right. and pray yeah. for you. But if you do it on their work time, and, and I've seen this over and over where Christians just aren't, they're so detached from the marketplace in the real world that yeah. they don't value the fact that God is actually, the, the, the system of honor is to honor the people who own that store. Like I think mm. Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar, he didn't, he prayed on his own time, not on Nebuchadnezzar's time. Come on like now. It just, he, didn't, he didn't do his agenda the whole time <laughs> other than when he had to actually say, I can't do what you're asking me to do and had to make a defiant like statement because it was yes. wrong. It was morally wrong. Right. So to answer the question directly, I think our assignment, like first we have a, the people group we're called to love. The people group we're called to partner with God for their right. transformation. Right. And, and that's a huge one. And then secondarily, we have to surrender our agenda and how we're going to get there and do that. Mm -hmm. and, and most Christians don't really understand the surrender because they would think, I'll just bring God on as one of my one of my mouthpieces that speaks into my life, but he's not necessarily my Lord and savior, or I'll say he's my CEO, but I'm really the most powerful person in my life. So there's no one who has this powerful voice into my life as I do. I don't share that power. And the proof that people really hear from God well is that they have other people who speak in their heart and their life mm -hmm. in a way that can move them, not just God. Yes. Because if you can use the God voice as a God card and throw it on everything. Well, God told, yeah. me, God told me. And then everybody has to go, okay, well, if God told you, I guess we got to do that. Or I yeah, guess yeah. I have to not be in relation with you anymore. Right. So people have used this so wrongly. So I think the assignment we have, we have to really identify, like, mm -hmm. you know, who are the people we're supposed to call, we're called to love. And then mm -hmm. what is the business or the marketplace, the, the influence we're supposed to do that with. And then when we look at it, we're not just looking at customers, but we're looking at people God's assigned us to. And then we have a different loyalty to them and we have a different connection to them. So you can be in the same market as, as a lot of different products that are way even better than yours, but you can find your niche because God's mm -hmm. sending you there in that same marketplace and he's sending you there with a power to transform, not just a product. And, mm -hmm. but if you have a Christian evangelism agenda every time, I'm not saying evangelism, I mean, we need to make mm -hmm. disciples of men, it's part of the Bible. Yeah. But right. if you let that, that, the, the ministry side trump, Right. the place of identity you have in the marketplace, then you're violating something and you'll, and you'll start to lose money. You'll so lose influence. Good. You'll lose clients, the whole thing. And so I think like for me, assignment wise, like when we do some stuff, like I've, I just was um, consulting on a script the other day and it wasn't a faith-based project. And so I'm in a zoom call with all these people and I'm being paid to do this and I can't bring up like, Oh, there's, there's this one spiritual thread through the whole thing. I'm going to tell you yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. I can't go there. I want to go there with like the guy who's made the script cause he's a Christian, but mm -hmm. I can't dominate this time with that. But I can talk about what people need in culture right now and how this, uh, this script actually has some of that voice in it. Mm -hmm. And if they just refine that voice a little bit more, it'll be really relevant when it comes out because people 
they don't want to be too much in the goody two shoes because they're people in survival mode. They need to hear an overcoming survivor story, not an so overcoming. Good. Like, so yes. it's just, it's that thing where certain movies have come out um, about racism since uh, five or six years ago that mm -hmm. weren't as relevant because it was kind of a dumbed down version of where we're at. It's no longer right. where we're at and they right. didn't do as well, but they were great movies. And so it's like being somebody who comes in and says, I'm going to minister to that guy in the Zoom call. I'm going to minister mm. to him. I'm going to take mm. this thing over. And I feel like Christians do have a takeover mentality. We have to do kings mm. of the mountain. And Daniel, Esther, Joseph, they were all second in command, third in command. Yeah. I mean, Esther was one of many wives. It's like, we're not called to be the king dominant person of the mountain. Jesus yes. is. And we yes. get to serve him. And there might be someone else in place over us, but we are accountable to king of kings and lord of lords. So that means it doesn't matter if we're a janitor. That's it excuse me, or which I don't want to be, or if we're actually, you know, because I've been a janitor before, or mm -hmm. if we're actually, <laughs> you know, yeah, the vice governor of something, it doesn't matter what position yeah. we're at. We yeah. have, I mean, D uh, Joseph had it in a dungeon. I mean, he was the second commander in a dungeon. Who wants that? But it shows you when you have an assignment mm -hmm. or calling in your life, what God will do. So it's not all about the positional authority. Mm -hmm. It's about the spiritual authority. And that's a hard one for a lot of us to get because young people, millennials are thinking, I'm going to become a billionaire. There's only like, what, 6,000 billionaires or less in the world. I'm going to become a multi-multi-millionaire. There's only several hundred thousand millionaires in America. So mm -hmm. there's not millions. There's several hundred thousand millionaires mm -hmm. in America. Right. And so if the goal is to become a millionaire so you can have real influence, then you're not looking at Daniel. You're not looking at mm, uh, so Joseph. Good. You're not seeing what influence looks like. Influence is the power to see transformation over systems and people it's not the power to accumulate wealth. Accumulating wealth could be one of the influences God gives you. Right. And I right. feel like we're at this place right now with what happened with COVID and with the financial shaking in the nations where a lot of people are like, oh no, I've lost my power now because now I don't have a job. I have so much unemployment or my business isn't as relevant. It may not be relevant for the next two years. I'm, I'm going to be in survival mode. You can have so much influence over your contractors, the people you work with, by your, your uh, mentality, your mood, how you bring yourself to those conversations. Even if it's a humbling conversation where it's like, yeah. can I have an extension of loans for six more months or whatever? You can have such an influence because they're having to deal with that with everybody else too. But yes. if the way you treat them, the way you bring it, they're going to yes. look at you like the Queen of Sheba looked at Solomon and said, mm. surely your God loves his people because he raised up a man like you. So and that's the picture of what God wants to bring is like, surely our God is real and loves us because mm. of our lives, not because mm -hmm. of our wealth, not because of our influence, but mm -hmm. because of our lives. Yes. It's so good because when I first started reading and getting into, you know, I cut my teeth on Os Hillman and Ed yeah. Silvoso and had such an honor to even meet us and, you know, have him pray over me and that. One of the things that I noticed was it was almost as if people hated work and they wanted <laughs> yes. to start their own business so that they could be in control. Now I understand that. And that does bring some freedom, but it like dismantles the whole system of honor. You know what yeah, I mean? It, it, can, it dismantles, sure. it can dismantle the whole thing of serving. Does that make sense? Or Absolutely. it seems as if like a lot of Christians have a disdain towards work yeah. as if it's the thing I do to make money. And if I'm going to have to be here, then I might as well validate it by trying to yeah. steal people out of hell and bring them well, into heaven. You know what I mean? I have a great story about that. This last Please. month, I had yeah. two talks. One was with someone who owns a wedding venue that they mm -hmm. just started. One was okay. with somebody who works for somebody who owns a wedding venue and they're the manager. Okay. The right. person who owns a wedding venue goes, 
oh my gosh, what am I going to do? We have people who are transgender and homosexual who want to get married in our venue. And I said, you let them get married. You have a wedding venue. It's a business yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And unless Love you want them. to do a nonprofit chapel with a 501c3, that's only for specific people, which is a little cultish, but that's okay. Like just do what you want to do. If yeah. you want to do that and that's what you feel from God, that you're helping Christian couples get married, yes. where only men and women get married and that's your calling and mandate in this generation for God, do it. So, that's but don't own a venue the way you think you're going to own a venue. No, no. Second one's, she was like, hey, um, we have a venue and we're having some problems because we have a lot of pe Christians who are boycotting our venue because we allow, she, she goes, the owner's not a Christian and we allow whatever kind of marriages to happen here. And she goes, and yeah. I'm having to manage it, but I know I'm in the right job. And she yeah. goes, I just, I've had some discussions with some of the pastors and I just can't get past the fact that they feel like they're supposed to control and put biblical guidelines mm. on people who aren't Christians. I don't understand how to navigate that with them. And I said, you won't ever be able to navigate it with them no. because- we're looking at, we think being a Christian means to Christianize everything that we work with. Now, you might have certain convictions, like, you know, you mm -hmm. might be like the guy with a cake who's like, I can't support the cake company mm -hmm. who's like, I can't mm -hmm. support your marriage. I don't want to use my creativity to work on your cake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's legit. And then other times it's just religious. It just depends on the circumstances. Yeah. It depends yeah. on how you're loving, how you're relating to your community, how much impact you want to have. And it could, you know, are you doing something that's immoral by providing a service when you're yes. not actually in charge of their wedding? Or are you doing yes. something... I mean, what's the difference between owning a coffee shop and serving them mm -hmm. coffee? It's like mm -hmm. you're not entering the covenant with them. You're providing a service. Yes. And, but if you're the minister who's marrying them, you might have a very different role and different responsibility. And yeah. so I think that th these kinds of discussions are coming up where people, I get called by my conservative friends, very liberal. I get called <laughs> by my liberal friends, extremely conservative. And I'm like, we have to come into the position where I'm in an entertainment industry. And so when mm -hmm. I'm on Zoom calls, half the people are of lifestyles I don't approve of. Meaning yeah. what they do yeah. in life. I'm not talking about one sexual orientation or anything. I'm just saying no, like, no. I would not approve of There's people yeah. who work on the, some of the greatest Christian films, whether they're in makeup, they're in hair, whether they're mm -hmm. at grips, whether mm -hmm. they're craft services, that are right. not people that we would approve of their lifestyle. Right. Does that affect the overall project zero? Because mm, you, know, you hire the people on the right services. And so yeah. I feel like with Christians, it's one of the things where as you mature in God, you learn mm -hmm. how to relate to people for what they can be related to because so everyone and in Galatians five, uh, the message version, it says in the fruit of the spirit, it says it, having a belief, this is one of the fruits of the spirit, according to the author message version, having a belief that God's basic holiness permeates all things and all people. Mm -hmm. So that's as you go into the marketplace and as you're hearing God, you have to learn to see what he's doing with people who are in an alternative lifestyle or a lifestyle you wouldn't agree with and say, yeah. okay, how is my business supposed to relate to them? And it's not just black and white anymore. It's not like, well, mm -hmm. I don't, you know, there's five people, candidates, they're the best one, but I'm not going to hire them because of their lifestyle for this mm -hmm. contract. Now, I understand mm -hmm. having employees can be different if you're an owner yeah, yeah. or yeah. a manager, but it, you know, like there's, there's some people that you want on your team at times mm -hmm. that have different lifestyles and you, and in that, you get to love them well and rebrand what Christianity is to them because you're saying, I value you. I value what's inside of you. God put it there. I get to work with you and I don't get to manage you. I don't get to um, tell you what I believe about you other no. than what God's saying, whatever's true, right, pure, noble. That's what it fixed my eyes on. And so I feel like we always go after the morality issues or the lifestyle issues versus when you're truly walking in true leadership and management, you're talking to people about what you said, some of you said earlier, which is Christians don't like to work. Like looking at somebody and saying, hey, whether you're Christian or not, I feel like you procrastinate, you don't like to work. And this mm -hmm. is actually forming your relationships all the way across the board. Let's mm -hmm. talk about this. Mm -hmm. That right there, if you're a leader yeah. or manager, 
will change. That's the root system where a lot of these immorality issues come from, like yes. partying too hard or whatever else. It's yes. like there's a root system that, that then you get to deal with identity. And you get asked really big questions like, let's talk about your father or mother structure because mm -hmm. I feel like you don't mm -hmm. listen to me. And I feel like that's probably come from your home life of what you yeah. grew up in. And yeah. I mean, those are things that other than HR on some of them, you can do a lot of incredible talks. Yeah. And so much healing and just, totally. you know, I actually said something, you know, inner circle, we were talking about funnels and everything yesterday. And you know, for me to shift into the prophetic and talk about what the Bible says, or to talk to you about what the funnels are, it's all the same to me. Yeah. Um, although I want to talk about how it actually can get dangerous if we're not careful as Christians. And what was interesting is, as I was talking about, you know, loving all people. And I said, a lot of times we forget as Christians or even faith-based, because, you know, I've got people of all kinds of faith and no faith who absolutely yeah. love me in my inner circle. And, you know, we've got over 2,000 members. And the neat thing is I said, but what's crazy is the Bible says God is love, period. All of the other thing, all of his identity is in love. Justice is love. Forgiveness is love. Mercy is love. Grace is love. And it, it takes us outside of our own way of thinking. I've had the honor, I consider it an honor of someone who may be living in a lifestyle I might not approve of, or might be in a lifestyle they wonder if I approve of because I'm an out there Jesus lover, who I get to just love them where they're at and watch God do what I could never do. Absolutely. And because in business, I'm not trying to plus I, I think this is even wrong in ministry, but <laughs> change you and get you to repent and form you. And, you know, no, because that didn't work for me. And, and the more Control you try to do that, to, well. no, yeah. it just caused no. me to rebel. If I manage you right now in your, in your weakness, then I have to manage you for the rest of your life in your weakness. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. And that and leads to like manipulation. You have to manage you. And, to totally. Yeah. It leads to manipulation, it leads to witchcraft, and it leads to all kinds of offenses. Now, another thing that I see in business that I would love your take on, because I just so respect your wisdom, um, is this whole, one of the hard things for me. And so I'm going to position myself really so much, and I do anytime I talk to you though, but very much as a student, because this is one of the crosshairs I'm in right now and struggling with. It might even cause me to, to get teary-eyed. And that is that I've been doing this for 26 years. And sure, I've got 500 hours. You know, your team was in my inner circle and all that. And there's strategies and things. But the foundation of my belief system and identity is that my strategies are nothing apart from what God has enabled me and equipped me and assigned me to do. Because... A lot of times I've been forced to take these and dispense it like a business strategy or acumen. And I always say to people, you got to understand, like even doing all this, I can't guarantee you you're going to get these crazy, ridiculous results that I've seen yeah. sometimes that God does. And, you know, there's so much more behind it. There's, there's hearing him and there's understanding. I, do, I don't want people to think, okay, go build a multi-million dollar business by hanging out in the prayer room. But Sean, my business strategy has always been the amount of hours that I work are absolutely in alignment with the amount of hours that I pray and I sit in his presence. And I can always tell when I'm out of balance because I get moody and irritated and it mm -hmm. gets heavy and I don't want to do it anymore. And I just want to shut it all down, you know, because now I'm trying to maintain what God created in relationship with me totally. on my own strategy and success. 
<laughs> Wisdom. I <get> it. <laughs> Well, I, I think different people soak in God different ways, meaning like mm. they get, they access God in different ways. And so I think what you're saying fundamentally, um, principally, we all, I mean, my wife can tell you if I haven't spent time with God because I've become a different version of myself in two days. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like moody and I'm not me. I'm like just this, you know, it's, it's kind of like we have this infilling of who God is in our nature that mm. we have to stay connected to. We know mm. in our relationships to our family when we were not connected and what that does to our relationships like somebody leaves a cup on the table too many times you yell at them because you're not connected (laughs) to their heart you know just little stuff like that let alone the big things where if we Mm. disconnect in a certain area because we feel powerless what happens so if you disconnect from god and he's here and you're asking him to author your life Mm. then you're going to have your a series of results that are based on your best strength and who wants a Mm. who wants a life that we can manufacture our own strength when we want to go after such a ridiculous, Mm-mm. amazing, beautiful God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, I think, like when he was at the cross, I think, or going to the cross, he was in garden, the garden, spending time with the Father, and he's like hopeless, and he can't see mm-hmm. why it's worth it. You know, and, and Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, for the joy set before me endure the cross. There's these moments we get into hopelessness. Maybe it's not that dramatic is what Jesus was going through. But we get into hopelessness or we get into like problems that we can't solve. We get into relationship mm. issues, conflicts that we can't avoid, mm-hmm. you know, things that are just going to happen or, or maybe it's just the global pandemic stuff that happens. Mm. And it's hard because you press into those moments of God. And a lot of times it feels like an empty space until mm. it's enough time or enough intentional connection time, connection period where we have the joy of who he has set before us and we can yeah. endure all things. And I feel like, um, people go, how much time do you spend with God? And I said, until I have enough. Yeah. Until yeah. I'm fully connected. That's, I spend time every day with God. Until, some days that's five minutes where, mm-hmm. because I'm right. about his business all day. Some right. days it's like, I need hours. I need, and yes. usually it's about once a week. I'm like, I need like, I need to lay in bed right now for three hours and just mm-hmm. contemplate mm-hmm. everything in life with his spirit inside of me and also look at how beautiful his heart is. Mm-hmm. And so it's just different for all of us how we do that. But I think, mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing. Like, do you have, and a lot of times we lose connection to ourselves in those moments too. So we don't even know what our heart's saying, let alone what God's voice is saying. So a lot of people ask me, "Can you teach me how to hear from God?" And I'm like, "Okay, I want you to quiet yourself. Tell me what's the most meaningful thing in your life right now." And they're like, mm. "I mean, I guess it's my marriage." You know, I'm like, "I guess it's my marriage." Means you don't, you're not even listening to your own heart of what's filling you the most. So how are you going to hear from God? Mm. So there's a place where if we're disconnected from self then we're definitely going to be disconnected from other relationships, including our God relationship. And so I think that, you know, we have some work to do in all those areas. And especially in, you know, for a lot of people right now, it is survival mode. It's COVID-19. It's, it's world you know, media warfare where Insanity. you're getting told. It is. It's like the most people who are going to be mad at something are going to be level 10 mad, not level two mad. Mm, no. People who are going to be yeah. frustrated in life are going to be level 10 frustrated. So it's, mm. I mean, I have friends, I, almost every other call I get. So I'm, I'm actually screening a lot of my calls. Sorry, friends is yeah. somebody who's going through dramatic crap. And some of yeah. it's because they're not, they're not rebalancing in their relationship mm-hmm. with God or because so it's just, true. I'm not, I'm not minimizing their problems. Right. It's that there's not, there's not a, a groundedness that normally mm-hmm. would be there if you're not in yeah. global pandemic, but right. I just don't want to be the one to fix it or rebalance everybody. Like I'll do right. it with a few of my closest friends and I'll have a few of my, but you know, to, to reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in six months and go, I need to talk to you. My whole world's falling apart. I'm like, everyone's world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a thing called the Bible, you know, like we're going to yeah. have to go back in, but I don't want to have, I don't want to sound like I don't have compassion because I've spent hours. <laughs> I understand though. But it's like, you know, everyone's falling apart right now, but not, I mean, if you're, 
The beautiful thing is that we've gone through some really hard things in the last six months that have defined what would normally take eight to 10 years of okay. character growth, yeah, yeah. of personal choices. The word surrender comes to mind over and over. Me too. And Yielding. But at the same time, Shri and I, like last night we went to bed and we were laughing, just going, this is the weirdest time because we feel so in love. We feel so connected. We <laughs> have so we... much peace in our yeah. hearts. Yeah. Well, there's not peace in the world. Yeah. And we find out bad news every day. And it used to be like, you know, last year we found out bad news once a month. Right now we right. find out bad news from friends and family and everywhere. Yes. Every day there's a new bomb, you know, and, and yes. you're doing the media too. The media yes. enforces it. So you have to like discipline yourself to actually focus on what God's doing and mm. focus on the goodness and focus on what's right and what's pure. You have to like, you have to actually make those choices. And yeah. I can feel myself the moment I go the wrong place, I have to go into a place of prayer and whatever that means to you to go into a place of prayer. And, um, and it's just, it, it's so beautiful though, because you can rebalance in two minutes. What mm. took five yes, hours to get you out of balance. Yes. Just by his presence, but it's intentional. Yes. Well, and there's like two sides to it. You definitely need business strategy and business. I need the prophetic. Sometimes people think they're being held back in their business or not having breakthrough because God didn't give them an answer and they're unclear. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, how do you spell lazy? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, okay, how many ads or, did you honest, write? Honestly, it's not always um, lazy. It's it's indecision causes procrastination and stuff. Yeah. Frozen. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I, I feel like I have to tell people all the time, you make a decision. God's a father and you're an adult. Yes. And he doesn't want to control your life from this point on. He wants to give you no, the power to make powerful decisions. If you were 16, it's okay to ask your dad to make the decision with you. Not for you, but mm -hmm. with you. If you're exactly. eight, he might make it for you. But when you're 32 freaking years old, mm -hmm. you better make some decisions. And if you're waiting for Jesus to wave a magic wand over you and tell you everything to do, he never did that for the disciples. He's not going to mm -hmm. do it for you. He didn't tell them, like, when they asked no. him, can we be your generals? What should mm -hmm. we do? He's like, mm -hmm. hey, you have a kingdom inside of you. Let it go manifest. Yes. And that was hard for them because they wanted they wanted a rule book. They wanted it to look like Solomon's kingdom and and everything was going to be a kingdom that was natural and manifest. And he's like, no, 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 this is bigger than that. Let me tell you stories and not direct uh, manual assignments, but stories. Mm. And in Matthew 13, 13, he says that create a gentle readiness or a nudge inside of you that create an insight that causes you to be receptive to my voice. Because if I told you directly, you'd, I'd, you'd stare until you were blue in the face and never yeah. get it. That's what he said. Yes. So I feel like, Christians who are like, I'm just waiting for God to talk before I move. I'm like, you're going to wait until you're blue in your face. Yeah. Jesus said it in Matthew 13, 13. You need to make yes. a decision based on what you know is true, what mm -hmm. you know is right. Or you make God as a father look bad. Like he still needs to control you. That's mm -hmm. not what the prophetic's for. The prophetic's not, it's, it is to guide you, to give you wisdom, to give you understanding, to give you a connection to his heart, but it's right. not to control you. And there's so many Christians who they do look lazy at times. People look mm -hmm. like their procrastination is an evil, ugly thing at times. You right. know, um, saying I'm not creative is an equal ugly th uh, thing at times when you have a creator living inside of you. Mm -hmm. But it also comes from a lack of identity or awareness that you're enough. You you get to yes. make this decision right now. That you make God look good by making powerful decisions. And if he comes mm. and talks to you, after you okay. pray and say, God, what should I do? You don't hear it. You need to make a choice. That's your invitation to make a powerful choice that God will move on your behalf through that choice. Mm -hmm. If he does speak and you're not doing it, then you're going to be charged with a sin of disobedience, you're going to have a, you're going to reap what you've sown. Yes. But if he doesn't talk, you know, or if he does talk and it's great and you just obey it, awesome. But 90% of my decisions, I would say I could feel his presence hovering over me, but I, he's not commanding those decisions because 
he's put himself in me so that I can develop into a fully formed human being that makes decisions and partners with him, not just, you know, he's the Lord of my life, but I'm also a son. Yes. It's so good because it really gives new light to, I've given you all things pertaining to life. Totally. It also really exemplifies the fact of he's given us a choice. Yeah. Like we're, we're not puppets. Yeah. It also causes us to be needing each other because Absolutely. I need what God deposited in you and you need what God deposited in me. And we grow together when we're working those things out. And I rest in the fact that he even factored in my stupidity. So you know, <laughs> he knows totally. or I'm just going to be stupid. <laughs> and, awesome. and that, that lets me off the hook without, you know, lightening the fact of responsibility. You know, right now we're in one of the, I know I, I will say this is the darkest season I've ever seen in my 26 years of business in the mountain of media and business. Yeah. And Yet, what I'm seeing is exactly what I've already always seen, meaning that when the media goes massive over here, pay attention over here. Why, why yeah. are you in the conversation over here? <laughs> yeah. When everything's all over here, there's some work that needs to be done over here. Now, how do you think like God works, especially like, again, a lot of the people who interact with me are business in that. When do you think... Like you said, he's not going to download to you a full business plan, <laughs> but he multiplies what you do. You know what I mean? So if you do a ton of market research, you get a bunch of ammunition, if you will, mm -hmm. for writing better copy. Mm -hmm. But then when you start writing, I start seeing words in, in my, the theater of my mind. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Like all of a sudden I just see words and I type them and see if it'll work. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, oh, well, try something different. But sometimes I don't know where it's coming from, where people are waiting for that, ta-da, God gave the headline and it worked and we made $100,000. That doesn't happen until you fall on your face 972 times and it didn't work sometimes. Or if it How happens, you... it's not repeatable very easily. <laughs> yeah, well, and sometimes for me, it's the strategy of how I sought him. Does that make yes. sense of how I, yeah, I pressed into his presence yeah, he's not prescriptionizing it, yeah. which is why some of this we can teach. But I guess what I'm getting at is people say to me all the time, well, how can you teach the prophetic for business? I mean, I, I try to help people identify those pictures you're getting are like new newspaper clippings. Those, those The stories you're seeing, all of a sudden you're hearing things that you typically might not even be yeah. thinking about. Write that down. Yeah. But as well, then people will say, well, how can you charge for that? Like, you know, that's your ministry. How can you charge for God giving you that insight? But it's helping a but client. You're not, char Speaking you're not of that. charging for prophetic words. You're charging for training a process and educating and right. gaining wisdom, just like a right. life coach would or a business coach would, yeah, which you yeah. are. Yeah. And so I think, you know, to me, it's, I think that, that, um, that statement or that question that somebody asked, how can you charge for that? typically comes from somebody who's not super successful in what they're doing. Mm. And they're, they're mm. wondering why you're charging to make people successful, mm. but you're not charging to make people successful. You're charging to help people to get in tune, to listen yeah. to their own internal voice, mm -hmm. to listen to God, to yeah, learn yeah. wisdom, to yeah. learn how to be observant. And that's, that's a huge process. That's something that we, you know, if you put your kids in a bad public school, you're going to get that result. If exactly. You, 
pay a price for the school somehow or move into a neighborhood that has a good public school or you pay right. a private school, you're going to get a way different result. So people who mm. say, how can you charge for that? Well, instead of asking the question to the coach, how can you charge for what you do? Why don't you ask yourself, what do I want and what mm. am I willing to pay for it? And that's a way different question. Yeah, that's so good. And it also opens up the reality of, I like helping people find their protocol, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what did God deposit in you when you were born? What did he knit in you? What, what is your bent? Train up a child in the way that they should go is a bent. Yeah. Finding that bent and that natural inclination is extremely revealing. How would you say, yeah. you know, because the prophetic, do, do you, uh, the prophetic shows up as creative. I mean, like you can see colors and... I see numbers. I see colors and words mostly. And I see trends and patterns. Other people see numbers. Totally. You know, like like calculations. And that person's prophetic gift might not be all as what seems to be esoteric or feeling or whatever as some people might be. How would you encourage people to not chase? I don't know how this the prophetic is very dynamic. It shows up in multiple different ways. It shows up in every quadrant. Totally. I would say, I think your question, I would answer it, even though it wasn't direct. Um, we need to learn that everything God does has a spiritual and a natural implication to us. Mm. And then there's this, we learn though, through seeing things mm -hmm. in a spiritual way that we can spiritualize things. We can make more meaning out of things than we need to. We can think to mm. it's God that's not because we can find spiritual connections. We Maybe God used the number 222 with you a whole bunch. And then all of a sudden, now your mind's just geared to see it. So you're like, two, 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 I saw it three days in a row. Yeah. But that's the time your stomach's hungry now. So it's like, I mean, I get trained my dog a certain time of day is important and he'll yeah. do whatever I you know trained him to do at that time. Yeah, yeah, so we, we have to we have to really realize that God's walking with us relationally and continually mm -hmm. and that he's using the things around us. And when they when we can make those things practical at some point, um, he'll never haunt us for 20 years without making a practical step two years in, you know, like so good. there's a lot of people who will go, well, I know I'm supposed to marry this person because I've had 50 signs, but 10 years has gone by. That's probably not God because there's been, you know, especially if they haven't met them or connected to them or whatever, it's probably not God. It's probably desire that yeah. then you start to see spiritual connections because you're a spiritual person. So you start mm -hmm. to look at, look for spiritual signposts versus living in the yes. reality. And I've watched people miss really good reality for going after the esoteric or going after the parabolic or the metaphorical hoping okay. and not being really brave was what they really wanted in their heart. And I think God would rather say, I want to marry that person. I'm going to see what will happen than for us to go for 10 years, avoiding them, just looking yeah. for spiritual signs. And I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings by saying that, but I feel like this is what the average person needs to know. And this is what I focused on my whole life, which is if I hear from God, it affects me today. Cause this is the day the Lord made, I will rejoice and be glad. Now it may build confidence or faith in me today for tomorrow, but it has yeah. to do something today. It can't just be like a, a dangling carrot in front of me or just spiritual information that makes me feel good. And that's what a lot of people get into conspiracy or knowledge-based prophecy yeah, where I know bad things about other people. Um, that knowledge can feel like power, but it's not true spiritual mm -hmm. power most of the time mm -hmm. because Jesus never gave us a kingdom of knowledge. He gave us a kingdom of power and the power to change things, the power to have transformation ourselves. So you can know, it's like people who know how to get over drugs or smoking or something. They've done all the courses online, they've done whatever, but they never change. So right. you can know a lot of things and never do anything with that information. Spiritually, there's a lot of people who go after hearing prophetic things, 
And it could be the eschatology groups who want to know all about the biblical end times. Or it could be the Q groups who want to know all about going down that rabbit hole of information with Revelation. Or it could be whatever. But you can know all that. But if it doesn't affect your day to move more into the likeness of who Jesus is and to mm. see transformation in your world around you in a dark day like this, then how real is it? So like I had a friend who was, you know, so really into the Q stuff. And I'm not against Q people at all, but he was mm -hmm. really into Q stuff and he was in a bad take on it. And um, he was in the, you know, a version of it that was like Illuminati, Antichrist everywhere, the whole thing. So yeah. um, he was saying, you know, Hollywood's going to topple down and all the power is going to shift. And I said, in that there's truth. There's going to be a huge power shift coming. We've been prophesying for a long time. Mm -hmm. But it's so God can establish something for a season. God's going to use Hollywood in a brilliant light. And so things are getting darker and darker around. So you can see that light really clearly. But you're looking at it like there's nothing good that's going to happen at the end of it. And I'm looking at it like God's allowing this to happen. And he's allowing people to reap yes. themselves. He's allowing you know, people can become unempowered. So this uh, week was really interesting in Hollywood because you have four or five of the top agencies fired 70% of their uh, agents because they are laid them off for a load or whatever. Um, and most of them are laid off for good because they, there were over live events like music performances, uh, NBA, you know, NFL, all these different shows. And then, the, you know, all their people they, they manage don't even have commercial right. contracts right now. And so that means that thousands of uh, talent have also gone un managed now or un, without agents now. So I was talking to a friend of mine who's an A-list actor who stayed with his agency, who was able to stay with a good agent. Um, and he said, it's really interesting because 86 people got laid off of our agency for good. And all the people that are my friends, are, these are other A-listers or B-listers, there's no such thing as B-list. But you know what I mean? It's right. like, uh, you know, other people who are really prolific and they're not represented right now. And they don't know, they don't know when they'll have hope to get represented again. And if you go down the Q dungeon of that, I'm not saying all Q would believe this, but right, yeah, this yeah. guy who believed it, it's like, see, God's judging Hollywood. Oh. But mm -hmm. my friend who's an A-list actor goes, mm -hmm. isn't this interesting that there's 86 positions open in Hollywood right now mm -hmm. that were totally locked in to this demonic mm -hmm. stronghold that are now mm -hmm. open for Daniels to rise up, for people Innovation. to rise up and have massive influence. Because yes. if you looked at the top 100 influencers of Hollywood 10 years ago, 97 were secular Jews or Jews that were barely practicing Judaism who were about money. They were, and I yeah. love Jewish people, so this is not anti-Semitic, yeah, yeah. no, but there's people in power who were, were not in it for morality, for goodness, for, I mean, you have, yeah, yeah. and a lot of these guys have passed away or they've retired. And then you have this generation of people who are like, you know, it's very locked in. You had to know somebody to get a sitcom on, to get Seinfeld mm -hmm. on. They Seinfeld got on really fast because it was done by the same five people who right. did everything, you know, it's yes. like, and now there's all these disruptors to the industry and the whole industry is changing and we're not seeing the same five formulas of shows on anymore. And so now you have this whole shift that's happened this year, 2020, that can change everything for Apple Plus to become something, for Disney Plus, for HBO Max. So behind the scenes in, in the industry last year, when the, this very strongholded group of people was running this, right. they were sending out their mandates as, as networks and they were saying things like gritty, we want intense drama, we want things that have never been seen in crime before to be displayed, stuff that would used to be in serial killer movies that were rated mm -hmm. R. We want that to be mainstream primetime lineup on the main networks, like that kind of stuff. This year, the mandates are inspirational. People are in survival mode. Let's take them out of that. Let's do, you know, food and fun and family. And like the mandates for almost all the networks are like so lighthearted that they've canceled Survivor for a couple of years and they're putting Amazing Race instead because everyone's in survival mode. Yeah, no one yeah. wants to feel like they're a survivor. No. And so, the, so it's. I'm just pointing out the the kind of the inobvious and the obvious. If you go down a, a, a place of revelation that that gives you more knowledge and you feel powerful because of the knowledge, but it doesn't create action in your life yes. to be able to influence and power. Who cares that my friend who 
loves this Q train that he's on with the entertainment industry, knows that some of this stuff is going to happen, but he's never grown in his industry influence or who he is. Mm. It never created more projects for him, more life for him. As a matter of fact, mm. he's has nothing on his plate right now that I know of scheduled. Right. And yet my friends that are like being affected in very real ways by some of the hardship of what's happening in the industry, what like the one I was talking to that I was saying was an A-lister, they have 14 projects in their pitch deck lined up with funding that they're doing over the next three years. Wow. So to those who have, everything's given, but to those who yeah, have yeah. not, everything's taken away. Yeah, yeah. If you get into conspiracy or knowledge or revelation that doesn't promote change, you right. always feel like there's more darkness, more things are evil, more things yeah, are going to yeah. come up, more human trafficking is going to happen. It's going to drown us. But if we, if to those who have, those who know that God's in today, those who see God moving in the now, then everything that happens, even when something's taken away, like 86 people lose their positions, you go, and then God. Mm-hmm. What are you mm-hmm. doing, God? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the battle we're in as Christians right now is that discernment is our filter, but we're not using it very well no. when it comes to media or online revelation groups or mm-hmm. these Q groups or in time mm. eschatology groups, we're looking mm. at it and going, oh, you know, versus yeah, yeah. Right. what are you saying, God? Like, what are you doing? It takes eyes to see what you're doing. Sorry, I'm out our door for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The dogs are like, what? I have to do my dog job. <laughs> well, and the other thing you're talking about is that there's open gates, there's open doors that were not open before. <laughs> Everybody seems to be acting as if the economy and everything as we know it is collapsing. And while there's definitely a lot of people who are out of work, like we have a client who made $290,000 in candles in 90 days. What? In the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. If you you have entrepreneurship and you're out at all, you'll recreate Leggings are falling off of the planet because women need more (laughs) leggings in a pandemic than they need anything else. You know? Absolutely. (laughs) I have a friend who did online, what you're doing, kind of what you're doing is Mm -hmm. like a mastermind online group. Yeah, yeah. And he found out that like 90 of the 100 people who joined, it's an expensive one, it's like $20,000 yeah. you're going to. 90 yeah. of the 100 people have lost their job. And he's like, what are you paying for my mastermind group? Yes. You're yeah. discounts. Like, right. well, we want to grow. We want to be in business. And That's out it. of that group, like just, yeah. this is six months later, five, no, yeah. four months later, out of that group, like most of them have started a successful business. Already. Yes, yes. So if you, have, if you have God and you have entrepreneur, you see that good things yes. can happen. Yeah. I mean, and the Great Depression, so many people became wealthy. Exactly. Yeah. We have a lady who's doing dog training videos online. She used to do them face to face and she's like already at quarter of a million dollars. It's only August. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) She had a gym owner who is like, okay, I have a, I have a big dog and I need him to be still in the front of the gym because my gym is still like open. It's just fun to see that innovation. And we've, we've forgotten that there is a whole lot of opportunity. It's something that you said that too, that you've got to be cautious where the story is going. Because I've always had a a core belief and you have somewhat to do with that. I mean, everybody needs to get this book on breakthrough that Sean has that you, I've told all my inner circle, please don't come to inner circle without it, because this is going to help you really learn how to press into some of these things. But it's this, that if I see devastation and that story leads to destruction without God, then who am I serving? Yeah. Like my personal testimony says that they gave me a year to live four times, but looking at this whole devastation, 
can you speak life into this? There's, there's open doors. There's, like you said, I'm seeing things changed in me and me realigning and things and things happening that I've been pressing into for years that now is the season to yeah. get that done. Well, I, I'll just say this about it. As a friend of mine, um, my best friend, someone on Jennifer Toledo, Jen said, there's a moment in time right now that would have taken us five to seven years internally to get to yeah. if we ever could to yeah. redefine what we're doing, how we're spending our time, what we're believing for in our life and for our family, because everything's been, we're in the great reset. And when yes. she said that, Sheree and I already made some pretty radical decisions away from, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, traveling and some of these things that we normally do. Mm -hmm. And also, I mean, I, I, I resigned or got uninvolved with every board I'm on except for two. Yeah. And just was like, I need space and time. And I took a sabbatical from saying yes to Zoom calls and these kinds of things for the most yeah. part, other than like this. Yeah. Um, and I said, okay, I'm going to change everything because we're in a moment that I want, I don't want to miss seeing what God could do in a moment if I apply my creative energy. And in that, that's when I went back into a place of, I don't mm. just want to consult industry. I want to make some projects yes. in the entertainment industry. And so Sheree and I put some pro you know projects together and we're working on them. So I think everybody, we're in a moment that you either, you know, you either, become better or you become fat or you become an alcoholic or you become, you know, or you just work out and put it all into working out. But we have to become better. Like we can't, mm -hmm. you know, you might, you, you might put on a COVID 15 or you might whatever drink too much, whatever in the right. season, but we have to become better. Like that's God's goal for us as Christians is that mm -hmm. during a time like this, like for us, we decided we're going to thrive where we're planted in right now in culture. So my wife mm -hmm. who's a gardener, you know, is doing more gardening than she's ever done and influencing, you know, online with her dream bigger urban farm that we live on. Um, so she's like all of a sudden got her second TikTok contract. She's one of the TikTok influencers on their new platform. Wow. And they're, you know, making her into something through this platform for just a just a passion she has. And she's, yeah. you know, we're working on some more media for for it. My daughters are just coming alive with their creativity and their artistry Isn't during this fun? time. And so we have, you know, pretty much everyday art time and crafts time and creativity where they're yeah. doing stuff at a major level, like for their age. Mm. And I'm like, okay, we're going to bloom where we're planted. We're going to look at this yes. as quality family time, quality marriage time, and we're going to, we're going to go after it. And so I think part of the thing is that people aren't gentle enough with themselves where they want to overproduce, overperform. Mm. And then you're in a season like COVID where you feel like you have to stay at home most of the time. There's not mm. a lot of places to go, um, or there's not a lot of vacations to plan, those kinds of things, even for best. And so to learn the rhythm of rest at home, learn the rhythm of productivity at home, learn the rhythm of just being with family, being without yeah. all the stimulus. So obviously, right. you know, screen time went to six to eight hours a day uh, on the average family member instead of four to six hours a day. So we, we're obviously, you know, numbing ourselves somewhat with screen time. And I'm like, let's right. not do that. No, let's find mm -hmm. God. Let's let's yes. you know, enjoy entertainment in moderation. But like, let's find yes. God. Let's find each other. And so yes. I think people have that as an opportunity. I know it's not a direct answer to your question, but if people have no, an opportunity it's good. and just, you know, I know we're coming to the end too. So it's like just the opportunity okay. to let God redefine you and let yourself, mm -hmm. let everything go on the table. Like everything for us, even where we live, not LA necessarily, but even the house, which is such a miracle story that we live in, we put it on the table to God, if you want us to move, we'll move. Yeah. If you want us to yeah. do and he made exactly. it clear we weren't supposed to, but it was like everything. The girls schooling, like their school's opening back up as a private school, but we were like, are we supposed to homeschool? We would never see ourselves homeschooling ever in a million years. We had to for three or four months last year, mm -hmm. and that made us want, not want to it even more. And all of a sudden, both of us had this heart, like we're supposed to do this. Wow. Which means I had to even changed so more good. of my time. You know, that kind exactly. of stuff. So everything went on the table and we let God redefine it. And we're doing things, sometimes we don't even like, but we know yeah. it's God.
Yes. Oh boy, that's that's another podcast. <laughs> God's calling me to do something I don't like, but I actually can find happiness in the midst of it. Yes. So yes. good. Sean, tell everybody where they can get your book, Prayers, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations Breakthrough. You also have another new book that's amazing called Provision. Yeah, it's a sequel, number two yes. in the series. And like I use this to really help me focus in my time with God. And if I feel like sometimes it's like we're at a lack of words or, oh God, my heart is burdened. What can I do? I'll pull this up by topic or what I feel like there's a need for. And it just really helps me press into his presence. I would I love, love everybody get this. Let them know where they can just, get more from you, follow yeah, you. Yeah, they can They can go on Amazon and get any of my books, but Provision is the newest one. Breakthrough is the second newest one. And they're going to help you to have prayers and prophecies and declarations for 10 areas that are key to life. Mm -hmm. And you're going to love them. And then also you can get, come follow me on bullsministries.com. I have mm -hmm. a mentoring group online and we yeah, do yeah. five videos a week and plus so all kinds good. of new content. And I, yeah. my dog's howling in the Hi, background. Baby. <laughs> my big dog is now howling. But uh, yeah, so we have a mentoring group online and we have thousands of people engaged and, and growing and hearing God's voice in practical so ways. Good. And I'm on TBN on Monday nights yeah. with my Translating God show, which is based on our best language, Translating God. So yeah, I'm, I'm in a lot of places. Our podcast, we have a podcast as well called Exploring the Perfect yes. Series. And our yes. new one, which you're going to love, which we'll have to have you on, is Exploring the Marketplace. Wow, so it's coming out it. next month. So we have Exploring the Industry Mondays, Exploring the Prophetic Wednesdays, Exploring the Business on Fridays is coming out. So good. And to anybody who's in a business realm or whatever, I can't tell you, Sean just has such a fatherly heart and creates such a safe space to receive some incredible wisdom from God. So I make it a part of what I quote unquote eat every week in my business. Sean doesn't even oh, know this. He's been influencing that. me for years and just an honor to call you friend, to call you brother. And thank you for your wisdom and sharing of yourself today. And thank you thank for you your so puppies. <laughs> so, sorry they were a little annoying in the background. Oh, it's so be, that's normal life for me. I've had dogs <laughs> pop up in Facebook Live and become more, more popular than I am, you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.